0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today's guest is Unlock Your Affluence Code coach and bad widow, Allison Penna. Allison is also an international speaker and blogger, showing entrepreneurs how to leverage their best strategies, congruent with who they truly are, for making more money, attracting ideal clients, and working optimally with teams and bosses to get work done impeccably. In addition, as Bad Widow, Allison teaches entrepreneurs how to navigate their personal and professional losses peacefully and powerfully while staying in action, Thanks for joining us today, Allison.
1: Thanks so much, Millette.
0: Now, before we jump into more about your business, I'd like to know a little bit about who you are and what you like to do when you're not working.
1: So I grew up in New York City and still live in New York City. Um, I love to read, write, travel. I love to brainstorm business, actually. And um, I uh, was married for 20 years. I was with my husband for 25 years. And the bad widow part is because he um, was diagnosed with cancer in October 2015 and died in September. Mm. And so I I started my business some time ago and and then I stopped and relaunched Mm -hmm. just in January. So um, it's been quite a ride.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine so. And I I totally get what you're saying about enjoying talking about business and brainstorming. I I almost said, doesn't everybody?
1: I know. (laughs) It's so much fun.
0: It it kind of is. I guess to some people it is anyways.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're on the same page there.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Now, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your journey. How long have you been coaching and what led you to get into it in the first place?
1: So I started coaching in um, late 2013, and I was about to turn 50, and I asked myself the question, are you doing what you were born to do? And the answer was a resounding no. Mm. And so then it was a scramble to figure out, okay, well, what am I born to do? I was a medical editor at an advertising firm. Okay. And so I created my business, which was about unlocking the affluence code, Um and I, I literally created a piece of intellectual property to help people figure out who they are and then make decisions and take action from there. Um, and then I kept doing that until my husband was diagnosed. And then I stopped my business cold to take care of him. And then I relaunched in January with both Affluence Code and Bad Widow.
0: Mm. Well, explain a little bit about what what is Affluence Code.
1: So the Affluence Code, uh, people operate through three perspectives or lenses. And so each, each, everyone has all three, but the first one determines how you best make money, work with people, all of that. And for coaches, making money makes us sustainable, makes us profitable. That's one of the most important pieces. Mm Mm-hmm. So the the first lens is purpose. So these people tend to make money pretty easily. These are the, um, their focus is doing impeccable work and getting paid appropriately for it. The second lens is love. A lot of coaches, especially who are healers or in those kinds of modalities, are uh, either love or charity, which is the third. So love focuses on one-on-one relationships. They can make as much money as the people who have purpose lens first, but they have to do it in a different way because their genius lies in nurturing one-on-one relationships. Hmm. And then the third, and I'm really focusing on how do you make money because this is one of the first pieces that that coaches have to solve to be sustainable. And then the third is um, charity. So charity is about serving a thriving community. So these people also don't make money in the same way because what they're most interested in is influence and impact so their best way to make money and get clients is to reach into their communities for the people who are circles of influence because what that does is it produces a much greater ripple effect from their work and that's what they're interested in so if you're only for purpose does money make money for its own sake Mm -hmm. so if you tell someone who's love or charity you're going to do this job and you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars and it's going to be great it doesn't compute Mm, okay so it's really hard to set goals if you're that kind of person in that way
0: huh you know that that actually makes a lot of sense um just my interaction with other people, you saying that kind of is like, it's like a light bulb going off. It's like, yeah, that I can see that in others. Maybe it's a little harder to see in myself, which one, but, but I can definitely see that in my interactions with other people, how that would make a big difference.
1: Yeah, it has big implications for how you attract clients. So if you know that a client is interested in nurturing one-on-one relationships, then the communication you speak or write, and the the results you deliver are in their language.
0: Oh, I see.
1: Right. So you're much more resonant. So you're speaking from who you are to who they are, and there's much, much more of a connection. You get a lot more ideal clients. It's easier to make decisions faster. It's got real-life, practical, tangible implications.
0: Hmm. So you're not really just trying to figure this out for yourself, but you're also looking at... What that ideal client is going to want, so that you can tweak your your message a little bit.
1: Exactly. So if you if you know that someone is love first, for example, then what they're going to be most interested in is what is uh, let's say your um, let's say uh, you are helping someone. Okay, I'll give you a real life example. Okay, I had someone who was. Um, Selling a skincare product, and mm-hmm. the person who was managing her said, Just go out, talk to a hundred doctors, and it'll all be good. Your business will fly, you'll make lots of money. She was love first.
0: Mm, okay,
1: so she was failing miserably, money was bleeding out the door. But she told me. I will chase someone down to give them their three sessions that they get with me. Hmm. And she had found a person who was a salon owner who loved her stuff and she had said, hey would you send people to me? I said well how about, this person's already a raving fan, how about you say what if I did a lunch and learn or one on or a an evening get-together or something at your salon, you bring in your people, I show them what I have, and you get the one-on-one connections. Hmm. And that's how that person makes money.
0: So it's just figuring out how best to tap into what really lights you up and and exactly. go that, with that route.
1: Okay. Exactly. And the thing that's misunderstood is that in the world, we're told there's only one way to do it. Mm-hmm. You want to make $100,000 this year, okay? You just map out the money. Mm-hmm. doesn't work for, for two-thirds of the world.
0: Right. Well, that yeah, that, that actually is, is really good because I know that I have a friend who went through a coaching program, and it was really all about get out there and market yourself and go – you know, do twenty strategy sessions a day or something. You know, and it was just, it just kept her frozen uh, because yep. that was not. She just couldn't. She couldn't do those things, um, even though they're they're. S- there's a strategy. I mean, she could have followed the instructions and done them. It just didn't feel right to her, so she didn't.
1: Well, they're good strategies. So the thing that's interesting is that you can really learn from anyone. And they are good strategies. But, for example, the numbers that a person who's love first is going to be looking at is who are going to be her raving fans. Mm-hmm. So she's looking to make those one-on-one connections that will amplify her um attraction factor mm-hmm. and a person who's influence they're going to be looking for who are those connectors or influencers so the numbers are smaller and the impact is the same mm-hmm. yeah it's strategic yeah,
0: yeah, it, yeah definitely <laughs> it's it sounds a bit confusing to me but I, but i bet you've got it all worked out so that's what counts right
1: <laughs> yeah i mean mostly when i say so purpose is um create impeccable work. Uh, love is nurture one-on-one relationships, and charity is serve a thriving community. So that's sort of the overview of each of them. And everybody's got all of them, but if you're not doing them in your order, you're struggling.
0: Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I, I I could sort of see myself in, in all of those, but, yep. but then knowing, you know, wh- which just knowing which one you really connect with the most and then kind of do those in that descending order. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, now everybody knows that starting a business can have a lot of ups and downs. So can you tell us about maybe a disappointment that you experienced when you were getting your business going?
1: Well, it was, it was a high point and a low point, actually. Um, very early on, my business was two weeks old. And I met someone who um, said, hey, I would love to introduce you to John Lee Duma, who does Entrepreneur on Fire, which is, you know, one of the biggest of the podcasts. Um, and so she introed me and, and said, hi, Al- uh, John, this is Allison. Allison, this is John, whatever. I'm like, this is not what I wanted. So I wrote back and I said, well, actually, she thought I'd be a really good guest for your podcast. And he said, okay, book it. And I almost threw up, honestly. <laughs> I was like, but, but, but you're meant to delay, so I have time to get ready. Right. <laughs> um, but I did. And then uh, the disappointment in that, so I got this huge, enormous win very early on in my business. And my disappointment was that I did not know how to convert it. Hmm. And so I didn't, I said yes without an end in mind. Okay. Like, why was I saying yes? Was I saying yes to expand reach was I saying yes to to convert people into clients and so I was disappointed that I didn't get um conversion from it that I should have
0: right so what would you have done differently with that hindsight what would you have done differently in that situation now or what should coaches do if they're if they're given that big opportunity you know how, how do they how do they navigate that um Instead of just grabbing the yes and then and then looking back on it and saying, "Oh, geez, I could have done so much more."
1: Yeah, um, sort of begin with begin with the end in mind. Once mm-hmm. you get that huge opportunity, there are two things. So, if the deliverable is like a a, a product of some kind, mm-hmm. a physical product, such a thing can sort of blow you out of the water if you get too much demand. And for a coach, what we have typically is we have coaching services or we have digital products or something like that. So have those things in place so that someone has somewhere to go that they can actually start working with you. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't ready really with any of that.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So if you're going to get, I mean, anything. It could be a, a podcast. It could be getting something published in an in an online publication. Um, any sort of publicity like that. Just make sure that you have something for people to do or to, to be able to hire you in some way when when that inevitable traffic does flow to you.
1: Yeah, and the second thing is leverage your own network to get the word out.
0: Mm, okay.
1: So in other words, if you have people that you know have circles of influence themselves, mm-hmm. get that podcast interview out to them and ask them very directly to, to send it out to their peeps. Oh. Because you can expand your reach very fast that way.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that because I what I would think of just initially would be oh, I'll just send it out to to my list, but then taking that next step and and going for the ask and saying, "Hey, you know, please send it out to to people you think would be interested in listening." That's a great plan.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it works great.
0: <laughs> now, you know, you talked about starting your business and then taking a little bit of a break and then and then getting back in and, you know, I I think that that kind of lends itself to, you know, you have to almost take that consistent action as your business is building, um, almost before you can, you know, measure some momentum, you know, there has to be that, that action before we get a big break. So can you talk about a point in your business where you felt like you were beginning to get that momentum?
1: Yeah. So, um, I started my business and I did initially a bunch of little small um, free calls, just offering my services to get testimonials. And my business, the tipping point at the beginning, my business began to take off when I believed myself, because very often what we coach on is things that are easy for us, right? that just make sense for us. So we're like, why would somebody pay us for this? Mm -hmm. And yet it's not easy for everybody. In our zones of genius, we are masterful beyond anyone else Mm. for our audience. Mm -hmm. And so the point at which my business turned was the point at which I recognized that I was really providing something of value that people couldn't provide for themselves. And once I believed myself, people started coming to me very easily. Oh,
0: that's interesting. So it's sort of a mindset shift that had to happen.
1: Yeah, because I, I was much more credible. I was entirely grounded in my own value.
0: Okay. Hmm. Um,
1: yeah, so that was the tipping point at the beginning. And then after Dave died, when I started back into my business, I began Bad Widow. So I set up a website called Bad Widow and I started blogging mm-hmm. pretty much every day. And at this point, even just right now, I'm getting traction mm-hmm. with that. And there's someone that I know who's interested in the bad widow story, who's pitching the story to Woman's Day, so I may get my very first print. Mm -hmm. So these are stepping into really consistent – in both cases, it was consistent action. Right. So at the beginning, it was networking and doing calls. And now it's writing, blogging, Facebooking, and reaching out and making offers. Really. In both cases, consistency. Cool.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of uh, uh, that potential for Women's Day, you know, oftentimes we measure our success in you know hitting certain goals or reaching you know maybe a benchmark or a milestone that we've set for ourselves. So, what would you say so far has been your biggest win or maybe a favorite achievement?
1: Um. <clears throat> one one thing that just happened actually is that i um facebook is starting to recommend my blog to people so i got a comment on my blog from someone who said that facebook sent her and that my content was valuable and that was a really big deal cuz it was not someone i knew it was not a friend of a friend nothing so the content itself now has traction
0: wow i didn't even know that facebook did that necessarily <laughs> <laughs>
1: Neither did
0: I. Well, that was was one of those really nice surprises for sure.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. It was hilarious.
0: Now, before we move on to the part of the podcast that focuses on action steps that coaches can take to grow their business, I'd like to talk about the future a little bit. What are you most excited about creating next in your business?
1: So I have... A huge amount of um, things going on at the moment. I've been doing these challenges on Facebook, so 30 Days of Vulnerability. I'm in the middle of 30 Days of Brave, and May 1st, I'll start 30 Days of Poetry. Um, I'm going to start adding live streams, three a week, starting today. I have a, a a group class coming up called Three Pillars for an Affluent and Joyful Life Your Way, which starts the 20th, mm-hmm. my birthday. <laughs> And then um, one-on-one for Bad Widow, there's going to be a a course called uh, Navigating the Seasons of Grief for people who are bereaved. And for caregivers, caregiving is not for sissies. Oh my goodness,
0: you have got a lot going on.
1: (laughs) Yep. And then the Affluence Code is going to spin into really how do you work with teams? How do you attract clients? It's going to be a very actionable how do you know who you are and make decisions and take action from there for better results? Oh, wow! Uh, two podcasts, three books—no, four books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm creative because you know, I need, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: well, but that's awesome because you know, that's. I think a lot of people are that way. They just get, they just have to create things, and I know that I get. Not that I get bored, but I just need new things all the time. I like to have something different that I'm working on and and just kind of keep moving.
1: I'm the same way. like project stuff. The thing that I do consistently is the blogging and the writing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then everything else is going to tack into that, but that really feeds and fuels me.
0: Mm, Right. Now, we're moving into the part of the conversation that I really like. It's all about what's working right now in your business. And one thing that I like to stress to people is that there's a lot of ways online and offline to make a living as a coach. So how are you generating revenue in your business today?
1: So my biggest revenue generators are um, on Facebook, actually, in groups. Oh. Um I, I am writing consistently, so if someone looks to find me, there's a lot of content to say who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't have, since Dave died, I don't have a huge amount of energy, so I need people to see who I am and come to me. Right. And then I'm not talking them into anything. They know what I am, and they either do or don't want me, which... I'm good with that.
0: I think that model would work very well for a lot of people who are just not and maybe not for the same reason as you, but just who aren't super comfortable with, you know, shouting from the rooftops, come to me, come to me, you know, but just putting that content out there and saying, if someone resonates with it, they're going to come and get me. (laughs)
1: Exactly. I mean, as coaches, if we're creating something, then someone wants it. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, the the desire to make it wouldn't exist. The desire to serve in whatever way we're serving just wouldn't exist.
0: So most of your revenue now is just that one-on-one coaching that you're doing?
1: It's one-on-one coaching. I'm beginning to create some digital products, including repurposing content I did years ago. So I did a A 30 Days of Vulnerability in 2015 that I've now made into an e-book.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I love that idea of taking something that you've already created and then using it in different ways because you never know how someone is going to find you. You know, someone that... That listens to a podcast may not be the same person that's going to read the blog. So being able to repurpose um, different pieces of content, I think, is an awesome idea.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So the Unstoppable Coach family is made up of new and experienced coaches. But the one thing that everybody has in common is that they're all wanting to grow their business in a big way. Perfect. So what's your favorite strategy for bringing in brand new clients?
1: Um, it really varies so i would say i would say my biggest suggestion is to choose a business model that's congruent with who you are so at the beginning of my business my business model was very heavy um, face-to-face meeting people networking finding clients that way at this point it's much more uh, zoom calls skype calls online connection uh, stuff like that so People have different businesses that are congruent with who they are. If you are very shy and you don't like going out with people, networking is a poor business model, even though it works. Yes, it's very effective. So take the the, the steps that are congruent with who you are. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that that definitely makes a lot of sense because I would probably be the last person at a networking event. So I have to find other ways to connect with people that that just feel better for me.
1: Absolutely. And you have an audience who wants exactly how you're delivering it. Mhm.
0: Yeah. And you just have to not second guess yourself because I I see a lot of people who say, "But, you know, this successful person is doing it this way, so that has to be the way that I do it." And and a lot of times it's just you can say that, but then it just doesn't work for you because it's just not it just doesn't feel right.
1: Yeah, at the end it's your business and it's your call. So mm. every single solitary piece of advice needs to be filtered through what's what's right for you. Mm. What matches what you can deliver with with passion and purpose.
0: Mm. Now, knowing now what you know about building a successful business, What would you say is one action step that coaches should implement this week if they're serious about building a coaching business?
1: Don't be afraid. uh, Get clear on what you want and ask for it. So I I run across a lot of people and I say, you know, how can I help you? And they say, well, I'm looking to work with companies that have 200 to 500 people. And I said, I can't win trying to deliver that to you. Hmm. So, the more crystal clear you are on what you actually desire, the better your asks can be okay and the and the and the more your community can deliver what you want because the reason people don't get what they want when they ask is that their asking makes the other person lose if they get it wrong
0: hmm okay that's that's an interesting way of looking at it. I haven't really thought of it that way before
1: but,
0: <laughs> so clarity is. Is definitely something that people need to work on so that they can ask the right thing um, to the right person, and both people can come out feeling like they've they've made a win
1: yeah, and then they get what they want because it becomes clear once they know what the ask is, then they know who to ask it of that can deliver it mm, mm-hmm. and for the most part, that person will deliver
0: wow. Well, this has been awesome. I have learned so much from you so far, and <laughs> we're going to finish up with the final five rapid-fire questions. So what is great? one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable?
1: The ability to pivot.
0: What's one quality you feel every successful coach needs to develop?
1: Resilience.
0: Give us one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life.
1: Profit First, Michael Michalowicz.
0: Now give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without.
1: Acuity Scheduling.
0: Mm, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, Finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? Um, What social platforms do you hang out on and what websites are you working on?
1: So I have two websites, badwidow.com, where I'm putting most of my content at the moment, affluencecode.com, and Facebook Bad Widow Wit and Wisdom. And I have a course coming up uh, April 20th that you can find on both those platforms.
0: Great. Well, I will be sure to put all of those links on the show notes page. And this has been such a great conversation. I want to thank you so much for joining me, Allison. This has been wonderful.